The views and opinions of this program are those of its host and guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and opinions of 90.1 FM, KKFI, Midcoast Radio Project, or its staff and volunteers. Welcome to Jaws of Justice Radio on 90.1 FM, KKFI, Kansas City Community Radio. It's Monday morning. My name is Terry. On this episode of Jaws of Justice, we will hear from a person who volunteers in corrections. Host Macy Jones speaks with Mike Farmer, president of Gracious Promise, a volunteer-led, Christ-centered ministry serving the jails in Cass, Clay, Platte Counties in Missouri, and Johnson and Wyandotte Counties in Kansas. Their mission is to help the incarcerated find hope and purpose through the gospel of Jesus. They assist women and men from jail in their return to society. Successful methods of rehabilitating prisoners can take the form of faith-based, medical care, or drug rehabilitation programs. The most successful types of programs focus on the issues of the prisoner to help them improve themselves and become ready to re-enter society. People of faith have consistently shown an interest in working with people incarcerated in prisons to help bring about their rehabilitation. In fact, many words we use in association with prisons, such as rehabilitation, reformatory, and penitentiary, came into existence because of the Reformation efforts of people of faith in the late 18th century. Faith groups have provided vital services within prisons. For 34 years, Mike was a self-employed commodity trader and member of the Kansas City Board of Trade. Prior to that, he served as a CFP financial advisor, Series 7 stockbroker, comptroller, and insurance agent. Today, Mike leads a multifaceted and growing ministry making a difference in the lives of the incarcerated and their families. Stay tuned to hear great stories of transformation and discipleship in our jails. On Jaws of Justice, we examine how to find justice in our society. Justice will not be served until those who are unaffected are as outraged as those who are. Now, our show. Good morning. Good morning, Mike. Thanks for being here with me this morning. Good morning, Macy. Thank you, sir. So, Mike, gracious promise, what does that consist of? Uh, People who care. People who are out of their comfort zone and don't mind being in a mess because everything we do are people that have issues that uh, are returning from jail, returning from prison, getting their families back together, getting a job, getting licenses, getting restitution. Uh, they've got uh, all kinds of issues they're facing that are overwhelming. Uh, and so we just sit with them and help them and love them and assure them that God will help them through this. If they just trust them, just trust God and trust us, we will walk with them through every issue they have. They're not alone. The biggest lie in jail and prison is people think they're alone and no one cares. We go in and tell them that's a lie. So Mike, how did you get started? Well, that's a great question. I was a frozen chosen Lutheran in a church that I'd been in for 34 years. And this guy, Herbie Harris from Prison Fellowship came in and talked about uh, need, there's a need in Lansing Prison for people to go up and help people inside the jail, inside the prison. And so I said, well, I'm not going to do that. But I just heard God's voice said, Mike, I need you to do that. I want you to do that. And I kind of wrestled with it. And then I, after about a week, I said, okay, that's what I'll do. And from then on, I spent 25 years in Lansing. I spent uh, 12 years in uh, 
Leavenworth Penitentiary, and I've been in jails uh, ever since doing work. The jails are where people really need the help. Once you're in prison, you just kind of sit back and do your time. Penitentiary, federal penitentiary, you just kind of do your time. When you're in jail, you have no control. What's going to happen to you? Am I, my, my case going to get resolved? Where's my lawyer? What's going to happen to my family? What's going to happen to my job? What's going to happen to my kid? They're total chaos, so that's where they really need people to come in and just love on them and help them transition from jail back to society. So was that a hard process? No, I guess I'm really weird. I love doing this. I wake up in the morning and I just thank you, God, for letting me be involved in your ministry to love people back to life, to help those that just really don't know what to do or how to do it. And uh, we have ex-offenders that basically are the ones that helped us. I have not been in jail for uh, a felon, but I spent a lot of time in jail. So the people that really make a difference are the people that have gotten out of jail, have become our leaders in our, we have a group called Share the Hope, the Rex Offenders. So people, when they come out of jail, they don't look at me, they look at me in addition to all the other men that have been in jail, that have been where they are and are successful, who wanna help them be successful. So it's a really helping hand from people who've been there and done that and they can identify with. Is the opposition towards becoming a volunteering corrections uh, hard? It's really changed. Uh, 38 years ago when I started, it was really hard. They went all through training and this and background checks and stuff. Now they're realizing if they don't do something while someone's inside the jail or the prison, when they get out, they're coming right back. So there really is a change in the corrections community the sheriff's departments are helping people get directly from jail into welcome house and healing house and they know that they've got to take that next step you just can't kick them out the door with nothing and they're a felon they can't find a job they can't find a place to live and expect them to be successful it's insanity so now that's why they're partnering with us they're allowing a lot more programs inside the jails and we didn't be able to if we saw someone in jail and they got out we couldn't contact them so that is all gone now. We contact them in jail, and then we walk with them as they get out. So there is a tremendous change. It really is changing, and it's exciting for me that they really are getting it, finally, what's going to really help someone. Okay, Mike, I'm going to play devil's advocate with you for here, here for a moment. <laughs> all right. You know. Hey, that, he committed a crime, or she committed a crime. You know, they should lock him up and throw away the key. Should nobody go in and do anything for him? Why do you, what would you say to me concerning that attitude? I said, uh, have you ever done anything that you could have been arrested for? Have you ever done anything that you know that uh, if the policemen were there or the cops, were, somebody was there and they, they saw you do that and they really knew what you were doing, would, would you have been arrested? Yeah, Mike. <laughs> and almost everybody, I mean, the, the, the churches and, and society's full of people who just haven't been caught yet or, and doing stuff. And so. Uh, there's no, there's not those people. There's only people who've been caught, and once they're caught and in jail, that's when they say, "Well, they're those people." Well, they're those people now, <laughs> on the outside, they just haven't been caught yet. So, there is no difference. I mean, they're, I don't care who they are. Uh, everybody needs a second chance. So you, you were sharing with me the attitude that everybody needs a second chance. Everybody. And I agree with you. Everyone needs a second chance, and hope. And to bring that process in is volunteers and corrections. Do you think that throughout the states, if there were volunteers going in, that the recidivism rate would, been, would have been much lower a long time ago? Absolutely. 
people in jail feel like they're totally different. They feel like they're almost unhuman, and they're, they, nobody, nobody wants them, nobody respects them, there's nothing. So if we can go in and just love them and treat them just like us and them part of us, and we can be your people. We want to help them see that they're not different. They can find a community. They can find people that will be their people. They can live a different life. They're not outcasts. They're not bad people. They've made bad decisions and they got caught. But we want them to come out and know that they've got a safe place to go to be loved, accepted, and valued for who they are. And that's what we do. The first time we see them, they know that that's the way we feel. We're not. Ju- we want nothing from them. We don't want them to go through our program, and we don't get government funds, and we don't want anything from them. We want something for them. We know that if I can love them as a human being and who you are, and how can I help you be the man you want to be or woman you want to be, that's the difference. And they see that, and they go, why are you treating me that way? Because that's the way Jesus treated me. So that's what we do. We just love them, and they see that something really different than a government program or somebody feeling sorry and I got sympathy for you. We have empathy. We care. We walk with them. We feel what they feel. We listen to them. The stories they have are horrible. Scuff they've been through, the, the, the abuse and, and the system, it's just really bad. But so if we can identify with them and listen to them and commiserate with them and really try to identify them as much as we can, then they open up and then they want to make changes. So I heard you mention earlier about there being a volunteer aspect of it. Do y'all have a structure or any nature that individuals go to? We really don't. We just look at you. Like Macy, if you want to be a volunteer, you come in and we sit down and we had a cup of coffee and say, Macy, what do you want to do? Who do you want to help? How do you want to help them? You're equipped uniquely as you as an individual to help people in a certain way. Some people like to go inside the jails and meet people. Some people just want to write letters. Some people go visit them on a regular visiting hours. Some people, when they come out, they become their coaches. So we look at each individual having an ability that can help someone. And so not everybody can meet people where they need to be. So we have teams. Billy Graham and his ministry built teams. We have teams of people that are equipped to do certain things at certain times for people. So we don't have we don't plug you in someplace. We find out who you are, what you like, and then we help you find out where you want to go and how best you're able to help people. So is there a particular structure or building where you and your uh, team meet at? <laughs> well, we find where when someone who's incarcerated, uh, it's hard for them to walk in a church. Hi, Sunday morning, I'm walking in. Hi, my name is Mike Farmer, I'm a felon. Can I join your church? Ain't gonna happen. So what we do is we have uh, nine different, eight different meetings to the Kansas City area, and they're in coffee shops and they're in other places, and people feel safe walking in. And there are fellowship groups of ex-offenders that they can walk into. So that's where we meet them. We meet them in a safe place. They know that they're not walking in, they won't be judged, they're valued, and they feel something different. They feel like, this is what I need, this is what I want. We help. We want to be their people. They're looking for a people group to belong to. They know the drug and thugging and mugging group that they've been in, in the streets, that's not the place where they need to go back to. So we provide a new group of people that they can join, that understand them, that have been where they've been through, can help them help others as they get out. So. It's just beautiful to see what's happened. Eight years ago when Share the Hope started, we had two guys uh, that I helped get out of jail, got them food, clothing, job, place to live, stuff like that, and they were doing really well, and they said, Mike, I go, what? Mike, you're screwing up. I go, what? Mike, 
you're really doing good helping people as they get out of jail, but once they're out, you're really not doing anything for them. I go, why do I need to do that? He goes, Mike, you need to share the hope. I go, oh, a fellowship group of ex-offenders that they can come to on a regular basis, be part of, and they can have a community now that's safe for them and they can be part of and they can feel like they're belonging. So that's, that's what Share the Hope is. We have, so we have Gracious Promise helps them while they're in, as they get out. Then we have our fellowship group, Share the Hope. Once they get out, it's a community they can belong to. It becomes their people. Now I'm going to play devil's advocate once again with you, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, I'm on parole. I'm not supposed to socialize with ex-felons. How would you address that? Well, again, there's been a tremendous change in the parole and probation offices and the officers. They love what we do. They know this makes the difference. We didn't be able to used to do that. Now they want, if someone's on house arrest and they've got a bracelet on and they got to get permission to come, the parole officers will let them and probation officers will let them come to our meetings. They won't let them go anywhere else. They let them come to our meetings. So they trust us. They know this is the way to really help someone get their life back together. So that's not a problem anymore. It used to be a big problem, but now. The probation and parole officers love what we do, and they're all in helping us do what we can do to help people. So I'm sitting in the institution right now, and uh, I talk with you. You come in, and we have a conversation. From the beginning of that process of me meeting you that day and you recognizing that I wanted to make the changes, or you you walk me, will you be willing to walk me through that whole process Absolutely. from the beginning to the end? Absolutely. And what's really exciting now is that the, the, the jails and prisons aren't allowing come, people to come in and visit as much as they used to, and mail was a problem. But now, everybody in the Johnson County Jail has a tablet, which is like it's. But it, and we can text people on a regular basis. So we saw five people in Johnson County Jail last week. We are texting each one of these guys on a regular basis. I'm texting like you, I'm texting you during the day, texting somebody. We're just texting back and forth while they're in jail. So that's the connection we make. Then we can, well, when you get now, I've like got this court case on, on, the, on, on August uh, 14th coming up today. Well, let's pray for that and let's talk about it. And then when he gets out, I say, well, how did the case go? So it's real-time connection with them while they're in the institution. It's so exciting. We're so excited that we're really to help people while they're in. When are you getting out? What do you need there? Well, like, can you do this? Can you get that? Okay, we'll meet you at the door. We'll get you a place. We'll get you a motel room till you get an Oxford house. So it. Again, we don't have a program that fits that they fit into. Our program fits into them as an individual. What do you need? Every individual is going to need different things. So we don't say, you, we can only do these things for you. No, we go in, what do you need? And we meet your needs that you individually need, which are unique to you. So volunteers and corrections is, is truly a blessing to an individual incarcerated. I think so. I mean, the 38 years, my friends right now and acquaintances mainly are ex-offenders because we're doing life together and we're helping other people as they get out. I mean, I lo- I've got hundreds and hundreds of friends and hundreds of people I've met over the years that are, are really my friends because we've been through it. We've been, it's a mess. We've been through all kinds of problems and issues and stuff like that and we've come through the other side. We've got looking at three more, three more jails we're gonna get into. Uh, Wyandotte County, uh, we're into uh, Miami County Jail, Douglas County Jail, and we just got a connection to get in Atchison County Jail. We're excited. The sheriffs want us in these jails because we give people hope. We don't just kick kick it out of the jail and say, I don't have any place to go. No, we will meet you at the door, just like Jesus would meet them at the door. They have hope now. They're not fearful. 
I don't know where I'm gonna go. I don't know who's gonna be there. I said, that's a lie, we'll be there. It's so hard for them really to trust us because they're saying, well, who are you and why are you? I go, just trust me, it's hard to do. But now with the texting, they can see that we're gonna meet them on a regular daily basis if they want to really see that we are there. It's not some agency. You go to a big building and there's program managers and you gotta qualify for the program. So no, but we're human beings there loving them right where they are as they walk out. So is the application process difficult to become a volunteer in corrections? Just call me and say hi. We go have a cup of coffee and we talk. Now getting into the institution, once you're, see that's the gracious promise part. If you are a volunteer, you're all in and you really care and want to help people, I can tell that. I can tell your passion, I can tell you're serious. Now getting into the jail, now Atchison County Jail, they say, well, you don't, don't worry about that. One of the guy that I was talking to yesterday says, I'm in charge of programs up there, I can get you in. Now, Douglas County Jail, it takes about a year to get in. They gotta do background checks, they gotta do this. So it depends on the institution how quickly you can get into the jail. Okay, so uh, I remember we was talking when I first met you, and you said that you had, uh, one time you had a three year where it took three years for you to uh, manage to get in. Platt County, Platt County. It was a very small county, uh, but we're doing great now. We've got great people. There's great community support from the churches up in uh, Platt City. They've got a thing called Village Fire, and a bunch, all the churches are together. We're in there now. And we, what we want, we want the community to take care of their own people inside the community. Uh, so we don't go in and say, well, you gotta be gracious, promise, like Johnson County, where we're from. No, you be your own community. You help your own people. The flavor of every county is gonna be that county, because some counties are rural, and some counties are big counties, like Johnson County, Wyandotte County. So every county is going to be different. Every group of people is gonna be different, and we give them that space to be who they are, and then it works. Yeah, so when, when they come out, and you, you've picked them up, you met them. Y'all haven't had a friendship for quite a while, you know, doing the texting and things of this nature. Is everything already set in place? Oh, yeah. I got a credit card. What do you need? Oh. Go to Walmart. I need shoes. I need clothing. I need underwear. I need T-shirts. I need bedding. I need a cell phone. You have food? No. What's, there's all kinds of great food pantries around. We go to food pantry, get you whatever you need. So we meet their needs. It's so important to meet the needs right where they are and not try to, so we, we let them help themselves. We don't say, you need to do this, you know, we, we, we don't tell them anything to do. What is it you know you need to do? They know what they need to do to get their life back together. They're just not doing it. So we encourage them to make the right choices. What's the next right thing for you? Well, I need my license. What's it gonna take to get your license? Well. I've got to pay this, I've got to pay that. Well, we'll help you with that. You get a job, start putting money away, we'll meet half, we'll pay half, you pay half. We'll work with you. If they're with us for six months to a year, then we'll buy a car, we'll go find a car, we'll pay half and you pay half. So again, it's a partnership. We work with them, we don't hang, it's not a handout, it's a hand, it's, a, it's coming, it's not even a hand out, it's a walking alongside. I put my arm around these people and we walk together. And they know that they're not alone. And I got this going, I got, I got to pay child support, I got to pay all these old back child support. We'll work with you through that. We walk with you through every issue. We face the issues. What's your Goliath? What's the Goliath, these giants you've got that I can't get over, it's horrible. Well, David took little small stones, defeated Goliath. 
we defeat all the Goliaths. There's nothing we can't help you handle. Now, Mike, you know there's other people on the other side of this conversation known as victims. You know, what is it that you could say to me as a victim that will make me feel that this is that this is something that really should be done? Well, that's something we're really working on. It's called uh, uh, reconciliation. Uh, uh, John, uh, KDOC, uh, Department of Corrections, is working on uh, reconciliation with the victims. If the victim is willing to and the ex-offender is willing to, they have a program that will sit down and they will do an actual uh, rec reconciliation program. And that's something we're working on too. So that's that to me is the ultimate way to end this, that we want restitution. We want healing, total healing for the ex-offender who if he is a Christian man and, and, and wants his life different, he will want to make amends and want to say he's sorry. And the victim can also say, I forgive you. That's the ultimate end that we all want. So through that process brings healing. Absolutely. Well, depends on the people. You know, some people are going to hang on to it forever. If if both parties are really open and really want to make changes and really want to give it up and live, it'll work. But if they don't, so it, it's very unusual to find both parties willing to connect and stuff like that. But that's something we want to have happen. Yes. But have you seen a process like that? <sighs> no, I have not, because I'm I'm so busy on the other end that we want to have a team at some point in time of counselors, of psychologists, of other people in the community that we can then turn that over to to do the restitution part. But that's something that we want to have happen. That's a big hole in our ministry that we want to have. We've got a bunch of counselors and volunteers that do that, but we haven't really spent, been able to spend the time to really work that out yet. But that's the ultimate goal to me of our ministry is total reconciliation because that's what Jesus did to everybody he met when he, gave, when he forgave them and died on the cross for them. So do you think that uh, individuals volunteering and going into the institutions would turn around and bring about a better understanding? Absolutely. Because when, when you read about something and you're not connected with them and you go on and you see someone, and these a lot of people have been through trauma, through childhood, through their growing up years, they're abandoned, they went through, this one guy named, this one guy's been through 100 foster care houses. A hundred foster care houses. And when he first came in, he was doing great. Then he went out and got crazy again. When he came in, he came back out. Now he is totally, amazingly healed, and he's part of helping other people as they get out. He's on fire. So it, everybody can heal. I don't care what you've been through. Sexual abuse, abandonment, whatever you've been through. If you trust the process and help us walk through you in the love of Jesus, we can help you with that situation if you want the help. It's a, it's a choice factor. They have to want it. The only people I've met in 38 years that are successful are the ones that really want to for themselves. They don't do it for me. They don't do it because they ought to. They don't do it for their wife or their kids or whatever. They have to in their heart, deep down inside, I want something different, and I'm willing to do whatever it takes to do that because that's a lot of work for people to be somebody that they've always, I've been this way for 35 years, drugging, thugging, and mugging, and now I'm gonna be, I've been living the illegal, Ill, illegal life, now I'm gonna be this brand new guy who's lived the legal life. That's a big leap for people. It's a big leap. And y'all help them make that leap. Absolutely, and it's, it's, it's a difficult process to pay taxes, to get insurance, to be legal, to make sure everything works. It is a big deal.
Yes, my name is um, Macy, and I'm here with Mike, Mr. Mike Former of Gracious Promise. We'll be back after this short break. At KKFI, we believe that every voice counts, especially when it comes to uplifting our community. That's why we're excited to announce our Community Voices series. If you or your organization are actively working towards positive change, we want to hear from you. Take this opportunity to share your initiatives with a broader audience. Submit your information at kkfi.org slash community voices and let your story for positive change be heard. The Women's Equality Coalition presents the Equal Rights Amendment, passing the torch to Gen Z in the fight for equality. A panel discussion with Gen Z activists and moderated by Erica Benson, director of Project 28, on Women's Equality Day, Saturday, August 26th at Grace and Holy Trinity Cathedral, located at 415 West 13th Street in KCMO, from 2 to 4 p.m. For more information, visit WEGKC.com. This message is a public service of KKFI. Thanks for listening to KKFI. We are now adding new content to our social media sites every day. So be sure to like and follow your community radio station on social media at KKFI 901 FM. Thanks for supporting this community radio station since 1988. Now the calendar for the week of August 14th. Legal Aid of Western Missouri provides free civil legal services to low-income and vulnerable people in Jackson County, Missouri. Interested individuals can call 816-474-6750 to apply. Moms Demand Action for Gun Sense in America is a very active group of mothers and others. You can learn where their virtual meetings this week will occur at momsdemandaction.org. Monday, August 14th at 6 p.m. online is the Issues to Action Night Meeting. This is the best place to get engaged in more squared organizing work around equity issues. For more details, you can go to the moresquare.org. Thursday, August 17th, 7.30 to 9 a.m., the Kansas City Faith Labor Alliance August Breakfast is at Trinity United Methodist, 620 East Armor Road, Kansas City, Missouri. Breakfast will be served at 7.30 a.m. and the program will start at 7.50 in the Fellowship Hall. The staff contact is Reverend Teresa Danley. You can call 314-503-7415. Thursday, August 17th, 5 to 7 p.m., Hope and Healing for Survivors of Homicide Support Group is at 3200 Wayne Avenue, Kansas City, Missouri, hosted by Casey Mothers in Charge. Saturday, August 19th at 1 p.m., there's a film screening, Bales and Bonds, hosted by Real Justice at the Kansas City, Missouri Public Library, Bluford Branch, 3050 Prospect Avenue, Kansas City, Missouri. Sunday, August 20th, noon to 6 p.m., is the 44th Annual Ethnic Enrichment Festival at the Smoke Park Bandstand Pavilion Road. Sunday, August 20th, 4 to 6 p.m., please join Missourians for Alternatives to the Death Penalty and Amnesty KC in the Summer Solidarity Postcard Writing Event to Mobilize Communities. 
This will be at Kenzie Restaurant, 5329 Johnson Drive, Mission, Kansas. All you have to do is show up. A list of services, meals, and hotlines specific to sheltering are available at Lawrence Progressive Calendar blogspot.com. That list is updated daily. My name is Terry, reminding you that these events and more can be found on the Jaws of Justice radio page on the KKFI website, kkfi.org, as well as on the Jaws of Justice Facebook page. Stay safe. Thanks to all our listeners. Stay close to your dial and stay well. We'll now return to our show. Please stay tuned to hear more from Mike Farmer talking about Gracious Promise. Thank you. Welcome back, our listeners, to 90.1 FM KKFI, Kansas City Community Radio Station. And my name is Macy, and I'm here with Mr. Mike Former, the president of Gracious Promise, a volunteer-led Christian-centered ministry serving the jails and prisons in different counties and states. Mr. Former, thank you for being here again. Well, thank you. This is, a, this is really enjoyable to do and spend time because I know there's a community out there that really cares. Now, during the break, you and I was having a conversation, and we was talking about the word volunteers. And uh, you had a very insightful <laughs> position concerning that. Would you like? Would you share that with our listening audience? Sure. Well, I don't. I don't mean to be. I don't mean to be harsh, but uh, the word volunteer. I don't like the word volunteer. Volunteer means I'll do it when I have time. I'll do it if I have time. I'll do it if it works out. It's kind of like what what our ministry takes is someone who's called. Called. It's a deep calling. I care. And I'm going to put this pretty much up there. I mean, obviously, your family, your faith comes first in situations, but this is your passion. People are equipped always to have a passion. What's your pa- my passion's golf. My passion's frisbee golf. When you, there's something you really like to do when you have time off. You look forward to doing that. So this ministry, the people we have involved, you know, over 100 people involved, teams, men, women, all different ages, all different churches, all different. It's this community. We have multiple people and different socioeconomic groups, different ethnic groups. We've got it's everybody. It's God's people all coming together, but they're called. What makes this difference is I care, and I'm willing to get messy. I'm willing to be disappointed. It's not going to work out the way I want, when I want, how I want it. It's not going to be a feel-good time. If you're looking for a feel-good ministry, run as quick as you can away from us because it's not a feel-good because one out of maybe ten are the ones that really make it and really get it together because a lot of people just aren't ready yet. They've got a lot of issues they've got to work through. They've got to go through stuff. They want to change, but they just can't right now. So we see people cycle in, cycle out, but we never give up on them. The door is always open. You want to you want to come back? We're right there. We don't judge you. Why did you start using again? Why did you leave us? Why? We don't do that. Jesus didn't do that. We love them where they are and always accept them back. So. We love people that are called, but it's a different level of commitment. It's never a duty or something you have to do. It's something you want to do. Because I tell people, if you become part of Gracious Promise as a called volunteer, called volunteer, and it becomes a duty and something you really don't want to do, we want you to stop doing it, quit. Because the people you're working with can tell that you're really not committed. You're just kind of spending your time, kind of bored, waiting to get out of this thing. If they, because these people know, they've been inside, they've been incarcerated, they know if you care or not. And they've been disappointed. I don't want to disappoint these people any more than they already have been. 
So the people we have that are part of our ministry, they when they sit down with someone who's been incarcerated, that person knows that person cares. He really, they really do want to help me. They really are doing this because they want me to be better and they want to help me be better. So it's a whole different level of commitment that most people aren't used to. So I don't like the word volunteer. I'm not putting down volunteerism, it's great. This, the city could not work without volunteers, it's great. But there's another depth of called volunteer that we need that we like to work with. So uh, is there uh, any information that you could give at this point to individuals to aid them in the process of looking into something like that? Well, everybody we work with, I sit down and have a cup of coffee with. Because when you sit down across from a table with someone with a cup of coffee, you can tell a lot. Just how they sit there and what they're doing, what, what their attitude is. You can tell whether they're really nervous and they're kind of, de- or they really, what, I gotta go again. If you don't have time, that's fine. I'm not, ju- I'm not, we're not, we don't judge anybody, but this is something that is going to be life-changing for you because you're gonna be involved with people that are gonna you know, disappoint you and you're gonna, you know, they're gonna affect your life and stuff like that, not bad. I've never had a situation in 38 years where I've ever been concerned about my safety. No one's ever threatened me, no one's ever cussed me out because if people know you care, they will love you and allow you in. So I'm not worried about that. I've never felt anything but the love of someone else I'm trying to help across the table. So going back to the volunteer, the called volunteer, I want to have a cup of coffee with them at Homer's Coffee Shop, sit down, let's talk about it. So I've got a phone number, 913-342-1707, and you can do a Google search for Gracious Promise. That number will be on there. Uh, It's info at graciouspromise.org. That's info at graciouspromise.org. And we have a Monday, uh, Sunday morning meeting, or Saturday morning meeting at Homer's Coffee Shop, 80th and Metcalf, at 7 a.m. That's our big meeting. That's where everybody starts coming in from jail and stuff like that. So if you really want to see the action of what we do, Homer's Coffee Shop, 80th and Metcalf, every Saturday morning, 7 a.m. to 9 a.m. You'll be able to see how this works, and it's amazing how it works. People really change their life. So I got one, got one time for a story. Go ahead. Okay. So uh, there's a, a city called Norton, Kansas, and it's the louder. Okay, sorry. So there's a Norton prison out in western Kansas, and it's way the heck out there. And so this guy was getting out of Norton, Kansas, and he made a commitment to change his life. And he was riding on the bus back to Kansas City. He had nothing. He had nothing. <laughs> didn't have anything. But on the bus, he heard this guy talk about this meeting at Homer's Coffee Shop Saturday morning. And so he got into Kansas City off the bus that night, so he slept on a park bench that night. Got up the next morning, found Homer's Coffee Shop, walks in the door, doesn't know anybody, walks in the back room of, coffee, of Homer's Coffee Shops. He's got his prison uh, sweatshirt on, he's got his prison jeans, and he's got his prison boots, and nothing else. He didn't have a penny. He didn't have anything. He walks in the door, and he's, he walks in and says, hi, my name's, my name's James. Immediately, we got him in, we got him a cup of coffee, we got him some breakfast, brought him back to the room, sat him down. He told the story about how three years previous to getting out, he said, I know I'm gonna change my life. I want something, I know God's gonna bless me. I just trust God. So, in the, and he told the story, and so he had his prison boots on. And one of the guy's ex-offenders who'd been in jail saw that he had his boots on, and he had just bought some new Nike Jordan 
tennis shoes. He says, what size, are the, what size do you wear? This to James with the prison guy. Prison guy. He says, 13s. He goes, he took his shoes off, his new Nike Jordans, and gave him his shoes and took his boots. They made an exchange right there. We got, him a, we got him a cell phone that day. We got him food, clothing. We got him into an Oxford house, which is an ex-offender group run home, which is awesome. He got a job at Webco. He's now a foreman at Webco. He's doing great. It just shows you that that's what we are. Someone we don't know with nothing walks in the door and he's taken care of immediately. That's the love of Jesus and that's the love of Gracious Promise and Share the Hope. Yeah, that's excellent. That's beautiful. So what would you say to individuals that are incarcerated, that's been incarcerated long term, that's looking for the same type of walk or someone taking an interest that may have to take an interest for a longer period of time? We are your people. We're exactly who you're looking for. Deep down inside, you have a need. You have someone you like to connect with. There's a need you have. We are those people. That's what makes us unique because we welcome you in. We totally accept you for who you are. We want to know you. We want to know you. Be real, raw, vulnerable. Don't pull any crap on us. Don't lie about this or lie about that because we can tell if you've been lying. But if you really want to change, really open yourself up and really tell your story, we can meet you right where you are, and we will love you and help you move on from where you are. And then we walk with you. We don't say, hi, how are you? Here's some stuff. See you later. No, we're with you. Every Saturday, we've got guys that have been coming in for eight years now, and they become the leaders of Share the Hope. So the Share the Hope is all ex-offender-led. Nobody else who hasn't been in jail and prison leads, uh, leads uh, Share the Hope. And we also Share the Hope people, ex-offenders, have money that they can help other ex-offenders with. They contribute in a jar every single Saturday in the meeting. They put money in the jar that helps other people as they get out. So this isn't government funding. It isn't church funding. It isn't money that some people trying to help. No, this is people who've been there, done that, know that these people need help when they get out, so they provide the money for them. That's what makes this work. That's what's so unique about what this is. It's really people loving and helping them right where they are. I know earlier while we was talking, you talked about individuals going up and even visiting the individuals that are locked up. Did, was that process hard for them to get in? Uh, no. Uh, you can be on probation and parole as long as, as long as you, you know, Johnson County will let you walk in. You just show your driver's license and you walk up and there's a kiosk. You walk up and there's a telephone and you go on the screen and you talk to them. But now with what they've got going with the tablets, you can do that from your home. You can do a video visit from your home. You don't have to drive to Johnson County Correct or Jail, get in there and then go up. You can do it from your home. That's what's really exciting about this new technology. I'm an old dog, I'm 75 years old. I'm learning some new tricks. And so we're using this to really connect with them and really help them while they're in that we can really know who they are. Well, I need to know this, I need to know that. Can you tell me this, can you tell me that? We wanna meet all their needs, all their questions. There's no question, the only dumb question that I hear is one you don't ask. Always ask me a question, what are you feeling? Don't ever hesitate not to ask questions because that's how we learn. Okay, Mike, I know you didn't heard the saying, you can't teach an old dog new tricks. <laughs> <laughs> I'm learning, I'm rolling over now. <laughs> 
Yeah, but uh, you know, uh, I know, I know you was talking about going into the county jails and things of this nature, but there is a process that's in place that's taking place at that particular time. They're waiting to go to court, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, and then at some point, individuals do go to court and they do receive a sentence and then they're transferred maybe they maybe they don't get to go home that day they're transferred to now the bigger system now or do y'all stay with them doing that process or while they in uh incarcerated and say j triple c or crossroads or something of that nature absolutely we'll follow them as long as they want to be followed and that's what's exciting. There's so many more institutions that are getting tablets and getting information like that that we can connect them. KDOC is going to start doing that. So we can start texting them. When they, we were texting them at Johnson County Jail, they got five years in Lansing. We can follow them into Lansing. We never give up on anybody. We're not done with anybody. If, if they want to continue with us, we will stay with them as long as they want to stay with us. But we do want people to be recovered. We don't want them to stay in recovery. If you come to Gracious Promise and share the hope and you need some recovery, but once you recover and you've got your life together and everything else, we don't want you to be in recovery anymore. Don't be part of us. Go find your own group and your own people and live your own life. We don't want people to be have to be part of us. We want to help you through the process. Now, if you want to stay with us and become a volunteer and, and be part of what, I mean, called volunteer and become helping other people, we'll, let you, we'll obviously want you to do that. But we don't want people to have to feel like they have to be in recovery. The point of what we're trying to do is get someone who wants to be recovered on their own and gone, living a good life the way they want to live it, and not to have to think about recovery or I was a felon or I did anything. We want your life to be moved on and be healed. Okay, I know I asked earlier about becoming a volunteer and uh, that process for summon for an individual that's wanting to do that who would they have to contact me they can contact you oh yeah i love it i love it i get contacts all the time people again it's what you want to do and how you're uniquely equipped to do it what do you where's your passion where's your joy we want this to be a joy we want this to be something you want to do and look forward to doing because it's a mess so does that work on an inner faith type we don't basis care or? we don't care we have no boundaries does, does, does God have boundaries? No, we don't have boundaries. We love everybody. We give everybody a chance. We want, And the more diverse we can be, the more real we can be. I don't want this to be a certain ethnic group or whatever, a church group or a county, certain county group. We want this to be when someone sees gracious promise and share the hope, they go, those are God's people. This is community. This is what heaven really is is everybody's together everybody's equal there's nobody better i don't use the term president i don't want to be president i want to be just one i'm a broken sinful man i need jesus every day i'm no better than anybody else they stuck that label on me i really don't like it (laughs) but everybody when they walk in from the first day to someone who's been with us for 10 years they have equal footing they have equal say they're immediately part of the group we look at every individual with equity and you know all the terms now going around with everybody equity and, all, and it, it's totally that it's all equal no one is any better or any worse than anybody else you're totally part of the process i see you got some nikes on can i get them <laughs> <laughs> no, give me your prison boots buddy i'll take them 
<laughs> yeah, just just you know, just putting a little humor there, Mike. That's all. Just a little humor. <coughs> hey, but uh, yeah, I, it's a good thing what you're doing, Mike. It's not you me. Know. It's not me. I'm a servant. God is asking me to do these things, and I'm saying yes. God, I'll do them for you. It's never about me. I never take credit for anything. I'm just a servant doing the work that I'm asked to do, and God equips me to do it, and I just do what I need to do. It's never about me. I never take credit for anything. I'm just doing it, and I enjoy doing it. I love doing this. There's just something when you find out that you're making a difference in lives, and people's lives are changed. Can I, can I tell you one more story? Go ahead, Mike. I think we got time. Okay. Go ahead. So we got in the Cass County Jail, and, and it like it took me three years to get in Platte County. It took us one day to get into Cass County because the Cass County people had been locked down for two years. They had nothing. They had no Bible studies. They had no Bibles. They had nothing. And so this new new officer, new officer came in in charge, and he says, uh, we need programming here. Can you come in on Monday? I go, what? We had no training. We go through no, nothing. We walk in like we're deputies. We walk in the group, and it's just amazing. That county is on fire. They love it. Out of 30 people in a pod, 18 people will come out and want to be part of the group, stuff like that. So. One really good story. Uh, there was a ladies' pod that we had that came out, Ladies Max in Cass County. They came out and sat, sat in our group in a meeting. And this one lady walks in, and she's ready to drop this baby at any time. She walks in just waddling. And she is so pregnant. <laughs> I mean, she's just so pregnant. So she sits down, and we talk with her. And, and after the meeting, she goes, Mike. I go, what? She goes, can you help me? I go, well, kind of depends on what it is. She goes, I'm released. I'm going to have my baby at any time. But if I have my baby while I'm incarcerated, the state will take my baby and I'll never see it. But if you can find a place for me to go that I can have my baby, then I can keep my baby. And this Matt, Matt Menji, who's uh, my partner down in Cass County, has a Facebook page. And so we just go, right, we'll try to help you. I don't know. <laughs> we can do that. I've never done I've never done like that. So we put this story on the Facebook page. And there's this place called Lily's House in Adrian, Missouri, that helps uh, women incarcerated and people like that. They called it. They called us and said, "We're going to have a board of directors meeting tonight to see if we can take her." I go, Praise Jesus! Yes. So they called the next day. We accepted her. They came up, picked her up. She had her baby at the house, so she's great. She got to keep her baby. She's there. She's doing great. And almost the best part of this, once Jackson County found out that she submitted voluntarily to retreatment and had that stuff, they dropped four felony charges on her. She's now a free woman. That's a miracle. So that's what we see all the time, people wanting change and people wanting this. Once you engage with people and help them make the life changes they need to do, then you know it's God doing the work. And so I just, that's what gets me excited is that there's nothing God can't do. Yes, and I'm glad you said that because I know I gave you some praises and some accolades <laughs> earlier, and you you pointed to God. But when you but His manifestation of His works and deeds is through men such as yourself, men and women Amen. such as yourself. And when I gave you that, I was looking at Him, not you. Amen. Even though, Amen. Even though your name might praise <laughs> Jesus. Amen. So Amen. you know, I was. I'm, it's good good having you on the show. It's uh it's truly been joyable. And my thing is is that, you know, we need more 
of this taking place because this is all about community. Amen. You know, and the individuals that we're talking about eventually going to be returning Amen. to their communities, you know, and we have to we have to put our best foot forward in making sure that there, that we are there to aid in the system Amen. as opposed to those that we know will be there. Amen. You know, it's, so it's just like the, the introduction talked about the late eighteen hundreds with penitentiary and reformations. I mean, that it was it was the uh, I think it was the forget forget which religious group it was that, that did this. That they really know that there needs to be heart change. It's called transformation. If you're drugging, thugging, and mugging, and you get out of jail, you're going to do the same thing. You come back and they're in the cycle. It's transformation. I want something different. But you have to transform who you are and the way you think and the way you act. And that's the hard part. Some people just don't want to do that. They aren't ready for it. It's so sad. A lot of people I talk to have to be older, and they finally get sick and tired of being in jail. And I ask this one guy, how many times have you been in jail? He goes, I have no idea. I go, you don't? No, I've been in and out of jail four times already this year. I go, those, they just need to have someone say, there is something different for you. You can have a life. This life is not for you. And so once they see that and they know someone cares and will help them make those changes, that's when the transformation takes place because they have to be transformed and they have to want it. They have to want it. If they don't want it, it's not going to work. So it's no preaching to Never. I hate that up. word. I hate that <laughs> word. We, we meet so many people who have been spiritually abused by the – quote, Christian community, that's a lie. That's not Jesus. Jesus is a loving, caring f Savior and Lord of your life. It's not about this or that. I mean, and so what we say is we help, we do Bible discovery groups. We bring Bibles in and we have them read together. What is this story talking about? Blind Bartimaeus, women at the well, there's all kinds of really, what's that story mean to you? We don't tell them who Jesus is. We don't preach or teach, we share and care. Everything we do is sharing and caring. We don't preach and teach, because that means I know more than you do. I have something you need to know. I don't have anything these people need to know. They need to know Jesus and what, how they can change their life for them. Then they do it because they want to, because they see a value in it. Everything we do is value-based. If you don't see any value in this, and you don't think gracious promise or share the hope can help you, that's fine. There's lots of people that see it. But we help them discover the value is for themselves. They see that there's something different. They see they can have a different life, and then they want it because they see it's something different for them, for them. They see this is about them, and they know that we are trying to help them be the man or woman that they want to be. So uh, what's that uh, information that you gave out earlier concerning your your contact information sure. for it, an individual that would like to contact you at Homer's Coffee Shop. It's a nice <laughs> coffee shop, by the way. I've been there. Yeah. Well, there, there's there's two uh, Facebook pages. There's uh, Gracious Promise and Share the Hope. You can Google us, uh, Gracious Promise and Share the Hope. We have uh, websites and stuff like that. And then there's a 913-342-1707. Then there's info at graciouspromise.org. And then the best way to see it, really, it's exciting. Come see us some Saturday morning, 7 a.m., Homer's Coffee Shop, 80th and Metcalf, and you will find an amazing group of community people who are loving each other and listening to each other and discovering. We, we do a Bible study group today. We have birthday parties. We have a wedding anniversary. We celebrate life together. We had a bowling outing. 
we went to had a picnic in Charmation Park the other day. So we're doing life together. This isn't just a recovery group, recovery, 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 recovery. No, it's about doing life together. We have fun together. You find people you like and want to be with and look forward to being with. It's not, it's not about a ministry. It's more of a mission of loving and having fellowship and community together. And that's when the healing takes place. And everybody needs some healing. Amen, brother. You know, with things going on in our communities today, everybody needs that moment of healing. I'd like to thank you, Mike, once again for being on our show. Um, thank you for the I opportunity. Look forward, I look forward to coming back to Homer's. Well, if, if you're called, brother, a, we got a place for you. And we got a, a really good place for you, brother. <laughs> Come on down. <laughs> and having another <laughs> cup of coffee. Amen. You know, but I believe that we also should be looking towards once they receive a sentencing, helping them when they make that transition Amen. to a bigger place. Amen. We want to follow to those them. bigger institutions. We want to follow because them. the the struggle is the struggle begins there, but for some, the struggle extends a little bit further. Yeah. And uh, thank you once again, Mike, for being with us. God bless you, brother. You have a good evening. Thank you. Icy wind burns and scars Rushes in like a fallen star Through the narrow space between these bars Looking down on prison Drug War News. Today we're going to close out our discussion with uh, Mr. Stephen Downing, former Deputy Police Chief of Los Angeles. He was our guest on, on the August 1st edition of Cultural Baggage. When the internet first arose, I said, boy, here's, here's a new shot in the arm for democracy. And lo and behold, uh, I think that the uh, ability to spread lies and deceit and division Great division in our country is uh, is more the result than uh, a great uh, uh, opening for uh, a better democracy. Uh, unfortunately, uh, people have to become uh, more interested, and people have to become more. Um, insightful and willing to look a little deeper and question a lot that's said out there. We don't hear much talk about the drug war anymore. We hear, we hear mostly about what's going on in Mexico with the cartels. We cry about the immigration problem at the border, but uh, we never say anything about the fact that the drug war is uh, a uh, a real catalyst to people wanting to leave their little towns and cities because of the cartel violence, because of the drug appetite for illegal drugs in the United States, rather than it being regulated as a, um, 
as a legitimate health problem, you know. Steve, we're, we're going to have to wrap it up here, but that, those are some very good points. I, I thank you for that. And 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 the, the heck of it is, is that uh, in my lifetime, we've gone from Mayberry to New York City, if you know what I'm saying, that people move around. They don't have the long term relationship with their neighbors and, you know, um, the fellow residents of that city. And, and a lot of that uh, ability to correct from within, so to speak, has gone away, and we need to get back to it. Steve, um, we got like a minute left. Um, uh, closing thoughts, a website, um, send folks to leap.cc, right? Well, it's a good, it's, it's a it's a excellent uh, place to find a speaker for your local uh, Rotary Club or uh, any organization. You can find law enforcement professionals that will come out and talk about the, the harms of the of the drug war. Um, it's a great organization. LEAP is indeed a great organization. Law Enforcement Action Partnership, L-E-A-P dot C-C. I am Dean at DrugTruth.net. enjoyed today's show and that we leave you with something to think about, something to talk to your neighbors about, and a reason to get involved. As always, the opinions expressed are those of the host and the guests of Jaws of Justice Radio, not of KKFI, the Midcoast Radio Project Incorporated, its staff or volunteers. You can find our calendar of events and a link to our show episodes on the Jaws of Justice Radio Facebook page. You can always listen to us live and find our podcast on the KKFI website, kkfi.org. If you have a show idea or want to help produce the show, you can send an email inquiry or comment to kkfi.org forward slash contact. This is Jeff reminding you our outro music is Higher Ground from the Playing for Change CD. 